This episode is sponsored by Biomed, the home of daily digestive supplements. All Biomed supplements are manufactured and packaged with love right here in the UK, using the highest purity ingredients and safeguarded by the highest manufacturing standards in the world. As someone diagnosed with IBD, I've been trying the Biomed Life Cultures for daily digestive support, which combine the goodness of life cultures, turmeric and active ingredients in ginger to help support my digestive health. Check them out for yourself at biomedsupplements.com. Welcome to Chatsworth, the podcast that covers everything worth chatting about. 2019 is the year that we want to let you in on the conversations that we think matter. I'm Lois and I'll be your best friend or worst enemy, depending on how this goes, for the next 20 minutes. And so opposite me is my lovely friend and housemate, Felix. Good evening, Lois. How are you doing? I am fine. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Excited. Excited? Are you as excited about this podcast as I am? Uh, I don't think that's possible, uh, so what you've been going on this week. Can um, you hear the excitement in my voice? But I'll certainly try and bring uh, a little bit of excitement. We'll see. The thing I'm a little bit stressed about is I am very facially expressive, and I'm not sure that that is particularly useful for audio. Like, you know when you have a phone interview, and you're like, shit, how do I make my voice sound like good eye contact, friendly smiles, powerful handshakes, all over the phone? Yeah, but I'm not sure... On the phone interview, they're looking for things like eye contact. No, I know, that but how do, you con- how do you convey those characteristics over the phone? But it's that's tricky. my point. I don't think you have to convey them because it's because it's a phone interview. Well, that's probably why I haven't had a new job in the last five years then, yeah, isn't it? Well, that would explain it. Anyway, first things first. Let's get the shitty admin out the way, Felix. I want to know, what is your weird thought of the week? Right, well, you told me to think about this a while ago. And you did not. Uh, and I did, and I did. <laughs> it was front and centre for about... <laughs> 10 minutes. Yesterday, basically, Lois, I went to the dentist. You and I share the same dentist. We do. She's great. Decent little spot down in Barbican. If yeah, anyone's around the area and they're looking to get their cleath polished and the or cleath, scaled. The cleath polished. Um, so I was sat there, you know, then I was horizontal. Uh, and then as this was happening, uh, the young assistant, she put on a pair of massive retro sunglasses that looked like they'd been flown in straight from the 1970s. And I just thought to myself, I understand when you're cleaning teeth, perhaps mine... You know, perhaps my kind of teeth, which, you know, in all honesty, you could do with a bit more TLC. Are bits of my teeth really flying that far out of my mouth that I need a massive pair yes. of sunglasses? Yes. Do you think? Yes. Do you actually think? Yes. Because they, I mean, it wasn't as if they were bringing out the big machinery. They were just using the old scale Yeah, but did they, use, did they use the hose, the miniature hose and the sucker? Still wasn't reaching my eyes. Yeah, but it Cause might. I, no, Lewis, Lewis, I was thinking about it. I was lying there thinking, why on earth is this happening? I see no residuals going on my sunglasses at all. Okay, well, did it you best ask? they were going onto my upper lip. Okay, well, at did best. you ask? I was going to actually because I am a fan of that awkward kind of shit chat with a dentist. Well, like, why have you put these spectacles on me? Exactly. It's a dad joke. You know, it's a joke full stop and it would have got a small laugh, I'm sure. But uh, I didn't. I thought instead of asking at the time, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll put them on in my back pocket and save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast that you did. Okay, what about yours, Les? Have you thought of a good one? Yeah, this is one that I've thought every time I get the tube, which is rarely, because I hate the tube, but how do they put... Okay, so the new the new tube lines, or you know when they update... So, for example, which the Hammersmith... 
the Elizabeth line. The Elizabeth one hasn't come out yet. Yeah, okay, well, in theory... It's not coming out until 2021, okay. 20, 2022. <laughs> have, have you got gripes on the train line that hasn't even come out yet? Or whatever. That, to our, to our audience, that is a proper Londoner right there. It's complaining about something which doesn't even exist. Yeah, but it's a future worry. I'm worrying okay. about my future yeah. of trains. Tell us, Celeste, please. Regardless, how do you get a new tube train on the underground? Um, oh, I see what you mean. How do you actually get it in? Yeah, for example, okay, so sometimes I get the DLR, right? And I get that's more overground, so that's a that's a not a good yeah, example. Easy, easy. But, okay, say if that's not that one, they think, hmm, I know. Commuting for people is shit because it's so busy. We need to put on another train, which they do on some lines. How are they going to get that new train down underground onto the tracks? I was thinking two things. A, do they construct it underground? Do they build it underground? Yeah, wrong. Okay, well then Next. how how do they get it down there? No, no, how do they you, get pre-booked train? No, you said you had two two ideas. Let's hear the second one. The second one was I don't know. Okay. I, they would pre-build it and then somehow lower it down. No, wrong. The escalators. No, the escalators. On the left-hand side, so that people can pass through us, people can Carry the train down the escalators. Yes. <laughs> what they, basically, I've got two words for you. Three words. Outside of zone four. Do you see what I mean there? No. Well, for example, if you've ever been to Stratford, you see it's overground, a lot more space. Right. So that's where they put the trains on. They put all the trains on at Stratford. Well, they, well, not necessarily Stratford, but they put it outside of central London where there's a bit more space to okay, whip out the cranes the and everything like that. What if the tube doesn't go outside of central London? They all do. No, they all do. No, they all do. Each train at some point goes overground. Does it? It's one of those facts. If you ever want to win a pub that's quiz one of those in London, facts. if you ever want to win a pub quiz in London, that's the kind of fact that's going to take you all the way to gold. Yeah, if you ever want to win a pub quiz, don't take photos <laughs> in your team. I think that is really the answer. Listen, if you're listening out there and if you win a pub quiz based on that question, that question only, you're welcome. <laughs> first podcast, first thought, which is something I think is probably quite topical to both of us now that we're both on the wrong side of 25. Seasoned veterans, I like to say. Very seasoned veterans of the 20s. And that is the quarter-life crisis. Ooh, drum roll, please. A title, which I think sounds like a movie. It's <laughs> or what the hell is it? I've heard of it because I thought I made it up. Legit, when we've had a conversation about this pre-recording, I thought I made up the quarter-life crisis. It turns out, having spoken to friends, having Googled it, I did not make it up. Yeah, I've, yeah, no, you did say that actually before, Les, and I've got to say that's a bold assumption to make because I've it's got a, a crazy and creative mind. Because it's a pretty well-versed phrase that gets around, um, you know, and as witty and as innovative as you are, um, to think that you've coined that is, you know, bold. Says a lot about you. But um, <laughs> well, I, no, I think I think it's been around for a while. Should we should we should we be a bit boring and a bit basic and come out with a like an actual official oh definition God, for the break, listeners? Break it down, nice well, and easy. Well, I'll let you choose. Do you want the Collins English Dictionary mm. or the uh, the definition from clinical psychologist Alex Folk? Oh, I like you the sound choose. of Alex Alex Folk today, okay. please. So what he says it's a period of insecurity, doubt, and disappointment surrounding your career, relationships, and Financial situation. All of the above or any of the above? I'd imagine there's a bit of flexibility. Okay. Either, all, none of the above. Okay, well, that even in itself is quite depressing, although probably hits the nail on the head. Because I would say it's like the midlife crisis where you think, oh my God, what is happening to my life? What am I doing? Except you're having it in your mid-twenties. So yeah, I guess a question of complete self-doubt. I mean, here's the question. This is what I was thinking about today. Right. 
I don't think it matters whether you're 15 or whether you're 55. I think you're going to have anxieties. I think you're going to stress out about things. It's just obviously the nature of what you're stressing out, uh, stressing about is going to be different. So is a quarter life crisis being stressed and anxious and worried about your life situation? Yes. Or is the quarter life crisis the actions you then do as a result? So is a quarter life crisis being worried that you're not married and all your friends are getting engaged? Or is it then the drastic measures that you take, be that quitting your job, going back to university, going traveling for a year? Or is it both? I think the f definitely the first one. I don't think it's about the actions you take. I feel really? like the actions you take That's interesting. are what would get you out of the quarter life crisis. Okay, I'll, let me let me put it to you this way. So I was talking to my friends about this earlier, and my really good friend B, she said Shout that she out, reckons big one B did that just for her. She reckons that the reason why people have a quarter life crisis, and interestingly, in my friendship group, half of us said that we had absolutely yes, completely relate to this whole thing. The other half, no idea, never had anything like this, completely fine. So I think that just shows different personality types and different lifestyles. But I mean, it's still 50%. That's pretty widespread. Do you know what? Probably even more than 50%, probably yeah. more than 80% said yes. They well, your friends have gone are posh, so they're probably all fine. They are. They're lovely, lovely women. It's like you. But my friend B, she said that she thinks that the reason that people of our age and maybe a bit younger or maybe a bit older have this kind of quarter life crisis is because you're no longer in that stage of your life where you're like young and everything's changing and everything's uncertain. You know, like when you're doing GCSEs, A-levels, university, traveling, new job, new house, like everything's always changing. And even though it's scary, you always have something to look forward to. Whereas when you get to like 23, 24, you kind of like you're kind of in this faux sense of stability where it's like well this is me forever then like you're kind of done there's nothing else really to to do for sure it's like you've it's like you're taken off the uh the newly newly secured shelf and and uh and chucked in the uh the bargain bucket you are in the bargain bucket of life yeah and it's pretty depressing at the ripe old age of 23 as well it's a bit early to be going in there i know but then that's why i think then people get depressed because then they think they should be doing like what people coin as adult things yeah. like marriage, babies, getting a mortgage. And if you're not doing that, or if you don't want to do that, which most of, I think most of both of our friends are certainly not in that stage, then you're in like limbo. Yeah. For Life sure. limbo. Do you want to, do you want another boring fact? Are you, yeah, yes, please. Desperately. Desperately I can, I can, I can pretty much hear all our listeners saying exactly the same thing. <laughs> Did you know that millennials, which is a phrase I absolutely hate, but for the, uh, for the sake of this podcast, let's just roll with it. Um, we're actually sometimes referred to as the boomerang generation um, or the Peter Pan generation. And that's basically this idea that if you take our, you know, our parents, um, that sort of generation, the benchmarks they have for success and the rights of passage they have in, uh, you know, in terms of moving into adulthood, we're still ingrained with. But the reality is a completely different situation. For example, our parents probably had houses. They probably owned more houses and had mortgages. Yeah, they bought houses for like five pounds. Well, exactly. They were probably, if not married, engaged and certainly sort of moving in that direction, whereas that's absolutely not the case with us. Mm -mm. Um, you know, they're looking to have kids. They're looking to do all these things which you would associate with adulthood. But we don't do that anymore. You know, housing prices have gone through the roof. I mean, you know, we know better than everyone. You know, when you hear about people who are buying houses, the first thought you have, bar none, is how the fuck have they afforded that? Yeah, what the heck? Bearing in mind, okay, so we live in a house together. Our rent, roughly, and bills, nearly coming up to a nice solid £800 a month. Each. 
each yeah. in a four-bedroom house. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. on earth individually, and we all earn different things, doing different whatever, how on earth does anyone get to the financial position where they are paying rent and saving money and seemingly going on holiday all to do these grown-up things like getting married, putting a mortgage down? It fucking baffles me. Yeah, I know. It is crazy, isn't it? And that, I think that speaks to a huge generational difference as well. Massively, but then I think Pretty that's where you get pressures it? about it. Yeah, and that's when I think people get upset. Yeah, I mean, because um, you feel pressured by these fake things of of what you should and shouldn't be doing. Which well, is he, so weird. Which, here's a question: What do you think our kids? Not um, for the listeners, not mine and Lars's kids. I never know. Uh, you know, much know. as she may hope, you know, I've seen the way she looks at me over the dinner table from you time wish. to time. You absolutely wish. Uh, do you reckon our kids? You know, by that generation, do you reckon they'll sort of understand that? The way the world is now, there is no rush. You yeah, know, 100%. Do you think it's just a generational thing and, you know, um, social attitudes will, t- will change with time? Oh, or do you think they're going to be so. similarly saddled with, uh, you know, those kind of anxieties? No, I don't think they'll have our anxiety, but they will definitely have a whole other stream It'll of It'll probably be something anxieties. different, won't it? Yeah. yeah. It'll probably be something completely different. I think if social media keeps going the way it's going, you will have the severe pressures. This is, this is where it kind of comes from. I think we're in that weird hybrid of, of pressure from, like, parents and older generations and family kind of saying to you like oh when are you gonna get a girlfriend when are you gonna have a baby when are you gonna yeah. get married I feel pressured that i'm getting left behind and everyone else is doing these things yeah no for sure for sure and you know i think we've spoken about this before what i find really interesting is it's different uh for everyone so uh, our good mates over at linkedin do you know what they say what I don't know if they are good friends at LinkedIn. No, nah, they're not actually. That you know what? That's funny. I say that as well. They're pretty much the uh, the source of my several quarter life crises as well. Every really time fine. you go on, oh, such and such has got a promotion. <laughs> oh, they're assistant. You know, they're assistant <laughs> policy director for Theresa May. Oh, sound! I used to watch them pick their nose in uh, you know GCSE English. Good for them. <laughs> uh, so these are you know I think. Because, you know, something we've spoken about before is quarter life crises can take any any shape and any mm. form. But these are some of the most common ways. So nearly one quarter have taken a career break uh, during a period of uncertainty to reevaluate. Something I've done. Nearly one quarter have gone back to full-time education. Tick from me. 28%... Is this your own biography? <laughs> they wait for it, wait for it. 28% have gone travelling. Tick. Tick. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. We and have a winner. 36% have changed careers entirely. Half a tick, because that hopefully will be um, the outcome come September. I guess a tick from me. I did used to work at a plumbing company. Well, there we go then. Well, there we perhaps 36% uh, in actuality is a pretty modest figure there. Well, is there any other percent of people who do none of the above? Because now I'm feeling like I'm not doing anything. There is. You'd have to go to linkedin.co.uk to find out, though, because I only took those four down as notes. (laughs) Imagine that we should get LinkedIn to sponsor us. LinkedIn, oh, if you're listening, we would really appreciate the exactly, sponsor. Exactly, exactly. And don't hold back. This is a, this is a decent investment. Uh, here's another one. More than one third of people have switched to new industries. Career pivoting. Oh, like this that. This is taken between 27 and 33-year-olds, so pretty pretty much on the money for us. Yourself. But um, you're actually nine years, nine days older than me. You know, <laughs> I'm the youngest of the house. I'm five days older than you. Uh, no. Okay, here's a question for you, Les. Is it even a thing? What do you mean? Well, is a quarter-life crisis actually even a thing? So what I mean by that, you know, does it exist? Is it something to be genuinely worried about? Or are we just such a precious, mollycoddled, anxious and stressful generation that any time we feel a bit worried about anything, we head straight to Google and we start self-diagnosing. We start going on vice.com. We start going on linkedin.com. 
we started going on all of our WhatsApp groups and texting all of our mates. I mean, kind of savage. Well, I mean... Kind of true. Just playing devil's advocate a little bit. I mean, yeah, kind of savage, kind of true. I think... I don't know. I think maybe 50-50. Our generation especially has so much play and productivity pressure. I'm going to call it the triple P threat. Ooh. Play and productivity <laughs> pressure. Innovation again, Lewis. I know. What does that mean, though? Just, like, things like Instagram make us feel, like, I think, guilty that we're constantly wasting our lives. Like, if we're not having enough fun, uh, if we're not being, like, if yeah. we haven't got 700 side hustles, if we're not, <laughs> if we're not like, going on holiday How many How many years, side hustles have you had in your time, Lewis? Probably about 56, let's be honest. This is my 57th. That's being bloody modest. Podcast. That is being modest. Yeah, well, I'm going to say I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Maybe I'm only a doer because Instagram tells me I have to do. Oh, you mean side hustles in, as in hobbies? I thought you meant side hustles as in romantic pieces on the side. We're only just getting started. <laughs> Why would you call someone a hustle? Are you thinking of a hussy? Yeah, yeah, Side maybe, hussy. maybe. I've got bad hearing, officially, actually. Okay. Mild hearing loss. All right, well, whatever. I don't know. I just think, you know, you, you see it. You see, like, people are, like, constantly being at events or at dinners or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm just sat in my bed again at 9pm, reading a book, two hot water bottles by my side. This was me last night. And, like, almost like you're failing. So I think, yes, we are more open than ever, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's a great thing that we have a stress and we can go to our friends so easily without For thinking, sure. oh, shit, I've got to yeah. keep this in. Agreed. I can't Agreed. open up about it. Yeah. But I don't know. Also, I don't know. Don't you ever see, like, people's stupid stories or anything <laughs> like that? And you're like, oh, God, I didn't get invited that night. Well, like oh, yours. I shouldn't have done that. You know, it's like, shut up. Hey. Don't you get that? Um... What, when I look at people's stories and think, man, I wish I was there? Not, no, not FOMO, different yeah, thing. Just I like you see. feel pressured that you're not having enough fun. You're not living your life to the fullest. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, certainly across all of social media. You and I have spoken about this before. For me, it's LinkedIn. Mm. And it's not a jealousy thing. I think it's important to distinguish that. But yeah, when you see people who at one time you're sort of at the same stage at, and then just a few years down the line, you see them doing things which for you seem sort of way beyond the horizon. Yeah, uh, and the thing yeah, is, realistically, you wouldn't even want to do that. I think that's what's annoying is like, we compare ourselves all the time. But realistically, do you want to be the CEO of KPMG? No, you fucking don't. No. Let's be honest, the money Probably would probably be quite not, nice. No. The lifestyle would be shit. Sorry, KPMG, if Sorry, you're listening. KPMG. But I'm just not interested. We just don't want a job. We don't want the job. You can get the recruiters stop to stop hounding me on LinkedIn Jesus and getting bored of it. Christ. My friend texted me. Oh, I have to show you the picture. And I was like, oh, what's going on? That's an update with everyone. She just bought a 21-litre fish tank and knows nothing about fish. The tank is still empty. She doesn't even fucking like fish, but she felt like she had to do something. She had to own something, had to have a pet. Oh, well, hang about. What's the, your friend had a, what she believes is a quarter-life crisis. Yes. And, and that led her to buy a 24-foot fish tank. 21-litre fish that tank. Is, that is an insane amount of water. Yeah, I know. How much water do you reckon you use for just a standard uh, bath? You have baths all the time. I reckon, well, I'm a big girl, probably about 21 <laughs> litres. The human giraffe. I'd fit quite happily in her fish tank. Yeah, Maybe that's insane. That's that's a really strange uh, use of money. Is she is she content with her purchase? No. Yeah, I'd say no, so. No, the picture she sent of me is with all the lights and all the shit just still inside it, empty. What kind of fish Dusty. are you packing in there? 
there are no fish. She doesn't oh, have she any fish. Any fish. No. But presumably there is a. Presumably she has got one mind on buying some fish to populate it. She bought this months ago. I have no idea what she was thinking. I think she just felt. That makes me feel a bit better about myself, doesn't it? Well. (laughs) No offense to um, who is it? Which friend is it? Her name's Holly. No offense, Holly. Hope you're listening. I hope she's listening too. Although I actually hope she she doesn't. We've just used her story in complete vain. (laughs) I don't actually think you asked them if we could get their permission to share the stories, did you? I didn't, but before we post this live anywhere, I will make sure that I do have their permission. Well, I was just going to say we can change their names, but... Um, just don't, why don't you just not say their names? Yeah, just we can change the their names. Yeah, we can change their names. Just no read worries. the comment. Just yeah. call them A, B, C, D. Yeah, with a change of names. That's fine. Okay, so so our good friends on the internet, <laughs> just the internet, broadly speaking, <laughs> friends all over on this podcast, coming to you soon. So we thought we'd read one out to you guys, which we thought was... Um, admittedly pretty novel i don't think anyone else out there is going to have had this experience and um, but again i think it just goes to show the breadth and depth and, and variety really of different kind of shit that can happen to people or if they have had this experience at least they know that they're not alone exactly yeah to bring so people together if this has if this has happened to you um free counseling right here well then actually as you see i'd say keep a low profile because the, <laughs> the police might want to have a word with you and um, so it's titled a sex crisis oh jeez so still a quarter life crisis but what I'm guessing is it's not so much the time in their life is is, is being important. It's more so the uh, the the sex. The sex. Uh, right. So this is what this person's put. At 25, I'd been unemployed for two years. Thankfully, uh, I got a job as a teaching assistant for the grad program at a state college. Uh, must be an American thing. Uh, on my first day of work, I noticed an attractive grad student, oi oi, uh, in my class. Over the next few weeks, we flirted. Oh, yeah. Come on, son. And he asked me out on a date. Being poor as fuck and having gone without sex for a couple of months, I accepted. He was going to take me to a fancy restaurant and I could barely afford frozen peas. Happy days. We continued dating over the next few weeks and I'd imagine implied within that is, uh, is the old good stuff. The Sexy. old, uh, the old uh, under-the-cover wrestling. Now to continue, (laughs) hi mum, now to continue, Uh, one night he invited me to a party as we walked over, I noticed that he was in undergraduate housing, we went in and everyone stared at me strangely, it turns out he was not a grad student at all, he was a teenager, he had told his friends that he was hooking up with his teaching assistant which was apparently a great score considering he was still at high school and only auditing my class, thankfully he was 18, but even so, I ran out of there pretty fast. Okay, I'm confused as to how this <laughs> is relevant at all. Well, it's just me... a weird story of someone who had sex with someone who was not the same age as them. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's, I mean, it's funny though, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I think basically for that person, they were just a bit, you know, just a bit down about having no money. Yeah, but they didn't know that the kid was young. Yeah, they were just looking for some sort of... And then when they realised they were young... They didn't date them anymore anyway, so I feel like that story is... Right, I'll find another one then, right? If Lois isn't happy with that one, I'll find another one. Fortunately, our friends of the internet have got loads of content. Do you know what? Screw the arsehole. Pretty disappointed by that. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Internet's usually pretty reliable. It was like a good bedtime story, but Mm. I'm I'm not feeling that. (laughs) Want to tell the kids. What do you think then are some signs that you're having a quarter-life crisis? Ooh, how long have you got? (laughs) Um, Right, that's a good question. How about when you leave home in the morning to go to work and you see that little stray cat on the street and you say, I wish I could be doing your job today <laughs> instead of going to work. That's when you know you're pretty damn deep. We've got that little fox out in the garden, eh? Sometimes I look at that little thing and say, 
Or at least think to myself, I think, do you want to sort places, buddy? Your life is actually better than mine. Exactly, yeah. Your loud sex at night every single night, Mr. Fox. Yeah. That I sounds mean, like a pretty good life. Gets to travel the city, regular sex. <laughs> sounds too bad, actually. That is true. That's really true. All right. Apart from Fox Envy, um, any others? What about when you're at work and you've got a meeting with that boss who you loathe, which maybe is every boss in the world? Uh, just the actual thought of being in their shoes makes you physically want to throw up in your mouth. Well, because you don't ever want to get to that position. Well, exactly, because you look at them and you think of... I don't want to spend the rest of my life yeah, here. Yeah, it's like the old fountain of youth is run dry, you know what I mean? Yep, here you are. What about when you've had six boyfriends in the past four years? Or six girlfriends in the last four years? Or actually, and this is something I'd know more of a thing about, when you've had no boyfriends and no girlfriends in the last six years, and you're scared that even boyfriending or girlfriending is a broken concept to you. Okay, I think that's just you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think if you lived in a forest with no technology and no concept of time or pressure, you would not have a quarter life crisis. Don't think that it's innately born to you that the gong goes on your 25th birthday and then you start to have a meltdown about every single thing you're doing. Yeah, true, true. Uh, well, here's a question for you as well, actually. Yeah. Do you think that true inner peace and satisfaction with one's own journey <laughs> is even possible or is it a myth? Myth. You think it's a myth. You think no matter what you're doing, no matter at what point in life you are, you're going to crumble at times. Oh, God, that sounds so depressing. <laughs> Some crumble's good. Shout out Apple Crumble. Apple Crumble, my best friend, Rhubarb. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that sounds so negative if I say no. I feel like no one goes throughout life, though, without some self-doubt. If you go through your entire life without any self-doubt or questioning of what you're doing, are you even really doing well, that's the thing, because if we're inherently, you know, sort of programmed to always strive for better and to always be looking one step ahead or at least always looking at what we can do better, then we're never going to be truly satisfied. We might be satisfied to an extent. We might achieve a certain sense of contentment. We're always going to be looking a few steps ahead. We're always going to be looking at other people. Well, yeah. But I think this is the problem. I think you could live with the level of looking at other people before back in the day when there wasn't that such pressure but now we are constantly looking at people on your phone wait is that our, is that our old friend social media again you're referring to i just social media i just feel is such a terrible terrible thing really it's fantastic it? but it's also a terrible thing i feel like everyone probably even back in like the olden 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 golden days they had pressures you know they heard through pigeon that Moira was, was doing X, Y, Z. Moira. They probably felt like a little twinge of jealousy or resentment or like panic that they weren't doing the same thing. Then that goes away. It's not, it's not like slapped them like a fish in the face every single day. You don't agree with me, do you? I don't actually agree with you. Oh. Well, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I think what we need to do, maybe we could have part two of this podcast next week. We'll bring in some old timers from the older generation. See, you know, see, see if they can sort of sympathise with that. Okay, well, who are we going to invite? I don't know. Your mom? Next door neighbour, Sylvia. All right, so we're now suitably depressed. What would be <laughs> our top tips for dealing with one? I've got a few. Do you want me to share them with you? Go for it. Okay. Let's hear them. Let's okay, have it. in no particular order. Okay. Number one. It's probably the actually this is probably the most important one. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Ooh, ka-ching. We like that one, don't we? Don't you think? Oh, 100%. 100%. I feel like that's the, that's the crux of most problems, is you've compared yourself to other people. How, though? How? I think that's the problem. How do you stop comparing yourself with other people? Get a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Delete Instagram and get a therapist. You heard it here first, guys. Number one. 
easy, feasible steps to take? Number two, create the change that you want to see. Oh, someone's found a book of buzzwords. Well, I'm just thinking, I've read a lot of self-help books and if you are unhappy, if you identify that you're unhappy about, I don't know, if your quarter life crisis is about something specific, e.g. your financial situation, then get a second job. Try and find a new job. Earn some money on the side from a hobby. You can't just sit and moan about something that you're not doing anything productive about. True, true. And I think that's probably where you and I agree the most. I The only point we've seemed to have agreed on. Yeah, well, that had to happen at some point. I think uh, 100%. I think if, uh, if you've got that itch... And if a mere scratch won't satisfy it, then uh, find that cliff and jump off it. Leave the parachute at home. See what happens. Oh, not again. If Never it's, uh, leave the parachute If at it's home. meant to be at home, you'll see those, those, uh, those wings erupt gloriously from your backbones and take you into the horizon of, uh, of prosperity and happiness. Oh, my God. And if they don't come out, then, you know. Then you've just thrown yourself off a cliff then all we can do is hope you uh is hope you know how land to swim. on the grass <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay never go traveling you want any more Felix? tips Lois? because I, I don't think that yes, one went I down do too well quickly <laughs> number three try new things yes wait what do you mean by that if you're feeling like your life is a bit shit and you're stuck in a rut join a badminton class Ooh, or learn the kind of insights we're getting on this pottery. is unbelievable or uh crochet do you know what, actually, one of my, uh, one of my good friends uh, recently, she word for word said, I'm getting bored of just going out and getting pissed or working in the office. So she did like a 12-week course in pottery making. That's so fun. She actually stopped it because she got a bit bored. But oh. I imagine for those 12 weeks, for the most part, she actually quite liked it. So, you know, I concur. Yeah, I think that's she a good thing. She probably does too. I think if you're feeling stuck, do something new. Try yeah. something different. Spice up your life. Thank you, Spice Girls. <laughs> Number four identify the issue that should probably been at the top probably yeah probably could have started off with that one i should have started off with that one well i I didn't think of them in a logical order i just wrote them down as i thought of them yeah but identify the issue should be number one yeah i think that's yeah try and figure it out what it is that you're stressed about exactly so before you start booking yourself onto those intensive pottery classes out there yeah uh just make sure you've actually got a problem first otherwise uh that's going to be a lot of uh crockery Wasted. Going to waste in the kitchen. Although Christmas presents for days. Exactly. And birthday presents. And then my uh, final tip was seek professional help. (laughs) I think if you realise that your quarter life crisis is actually just a crisis, you should book to see a therapist. Yeah. ASAP. It's not something to joke about, but seriously, you should go see someone. So which of those five, five and a half fantastic tips um, would you offer to our American friend, uh, who found herself sleeping with uh, a high school student. Seek professional help because you're just weird. Yeah, true. There's nothing true. else to be said for that story. True. Nothing at all. But anyway, I think that's probably, mainly because I want to go to bed, all we have time for. But I hope everyone who listened, all three of you, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. And I can't wait to be reunited with you again in the next episode. Can you, Felix? I certainly can't. I'm already looking forward to it. Me too. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram. It's at Chatsworth Podcast, all one word. And I think that's everything. Have a fantastic rest of your week and we'll be back with another episode soon. Goodbye. Say goodbye. It's polite. See you later, guys.